Please listen carefully. Hi, I'm Paul Friels. And I'm Dave Guzman. And welcome to Practical Bass, where each week we pick a topic of interest to you, the working bass player, and we dissect it and look at it from a few different angles and hopefully offer some knowledge and some wisdom that will help you, the working bass player, take your gigs and your gear to the next level. That is our mission, a mission statement, which we state boldly. Yes. We boldly go where no bass podcast has gone before. (laughs) (laughs) You can find that on our website at practicalbass.com. None of the Star Trek jokes, thankfully, just our mission statement. Mm-hmm. And it's all about you, the listener. And that is a reason why we love to hear from you. And you can visit practicalbase.com to get in touch with us, or you can email us at podcast at practicalbase.com. Dave and I read everything that we get that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find us on all the socials, Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus and even Instagram. And we really, really do love to hear from you, whether it's feedback about the show, if it's a topic that you're interested in hearing about, we will be happy to do the research and come back with some information for you. Uh, We have podcasts like that throughout our archive that you can find on the site. We hope that you'll share uh, the podcast with your friends and your musician buddies, bass playing or not. We hope that we bring something to the table for a lot of different musicians and uh, that you'll subscribe as well. Just hit the big subscribe button on the website, and it'll tell you how to do that. Um, so today, Dave, I think we have a, a continuation of a previous episode from a few weeks back. Yeah, yeah. yeah tell me, tell me what we're doing today, because I I don't know until you tell me. Are you ready? I'm oblivious. Go ahead. All right. Let me unwrap it. I was looking for something paper around here that we could use for Foley. Is there something paper there? There we go. We're doing sound prep of your practice space. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we talked about practice spaces some weeks ago about how to set up a practice space that that you can operate well in. Mm -hmm. But this is something we didn't really talk about, right? Like, Yeah, we touched on it. Yeah. And it was... It felt like it'd be too big of a topic to just throw in there. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the thing. We kind of deferred it because I think we knew that this would make a great topic on its own, which is how you get good sound right. in your practice space. And this isn't just for bassists either, right? It's not just for somebody who's sitting around playing solo bass. It's also for, you know, if you have a rehearsal space that you use for a band, for mm-hmm. a group, whatever, you know, this will work in a lot of different situations. Yep. So what what is what does sounding good mean to you, Dave? Um, sounding good is for me is sometimes making sure that it doesn't sound like certain things. Like yeah. doesn't sound like you're. I think first off, like you're in a cave. Yeah, like you can define it by what it is not. It's right. like carving the statue out of the block of. That's right. Stone. Let's talk about the negative space. <laughs> I'm getting super. Getting super artsy. The best, the best bass line is right. the space around the notes. Yes. Oh, that's a whole other show. We'll have to go into that at some point. Let's take a note. Yeah. Take a note for later. Take it, take it, take it. 
Tickety, oh, is that is that how you type? Tickety tackety tackety. That's how I do it. That's how I do it. All day long, yo. Tickety tackety tackety. All right, but, um, but yeah, seriously. But yeah, so like avoiding the echoes, right? Yeah. Um, and that depends on the room that you're in, but every room is going to have a certain amount of that. Yeah. But yeah. if it, it it could be worse in some cases, like yeah. if you're in a basement or if you're in a much, you know, like especially an unfinished basement. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. With the cement. Yeah. And the cement on cement, yeah. or if it's. You know, yeah. hard surfaces, like, basically. Yeah, and like big, I mean, everybody has played rooms like these, right? Like if you're coming up as a player, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're in a, a weekend warrior type band or whatever, you know, you've played in places that are like big, gigantic, square, flat, tile rooms. Yeah. And you clap your hands and it's just, I mean, it's awful. It, it is, it's just awful. Right. You know, that that's one way to me, like you find a room, you can tell how bad the echo problem is. Like you just clap your hands like really sharply and you have to, you have to kind of train your ears for this a little bit because a lot of people will just listen for the clap. What you're really listening for is this set of kind of like, um, ringing, unpleasant, echoes Mm. that happen right after it and they're not if the room is not really large they're going to happen very quickly after the clap but you're still going to hear them if it's a really big room you clap your hands and you hear this gigantic like kind of like that kind of like right in some rooms in some rooms it'll sound very pleasing Mm. in a bad room like a room that's again very flat it has a low ceiling whatever tile everywhere and it's just like nothing breaking it up you clap and you hear just this like it's like this it's this over i don't know how to describe it i think i described it to somebody as like a clatter it's like a clatter and the clatter could be very short if it's a small room but you'll still hear it yes yeah so what else are are things that are bad in yeah. rooms that you've run into? I mean, any um especially as you know, from from a bass perspective, boominess, that sound that's just uh that you that your your low ends get lost in yeah. completely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it takes over so much that like you're not even really hearing the tone of your your bass anymore. Right. You're just hearing this like the wall is shaking and you know, you're just hearing this low frequency mud mm-hmm. that's everywhere. Yeah. If you're yeah. compensating with your amp and your EQ and yeah. you've got your lows all the way down and mids and highs cranked and you're still getting that boominess and there's a, there's a sound issue. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It shouldn't be that, that extreme. Yeah. The, you know, and the boominess it's, it's worse in corners it, mm-hmm. it seems like in in bare corners in rooms, that's like where that gets absolutely terrible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What and what else? What else have you run into? Yeah, I mean, um, I guess just uneven uneven sound, right? Yeah, yeah. Like frequencies that come in, like oh, if I stand here, the guitar sounds piercing, and then if mm-hmm. I stand over here. Now it sounds dull, right? right? Or, you know, yeah. there are all sorts of ways that sound nodes and anti-nodes can mm-hmm. form, you know, in a in a badly shaped or badly treated room. Yeah. And, you know, the problem is that when you're talking about a, a 
practice space in a house or a building like most people are in, if it's not an actual professionally constructed and designed studio, you know, you're going to deal with these things because you yeah. have a square room or a rectangular room. Yeah, and however that construction, it, the construction was yeah. done, was planned and, and yeah. completed without you in mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's for living, not for, right. you know, you know, playing in. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that, that kind of describes what you're trying to cut down on, right? The things that sound good are when frequencies are kind of even mm-hmm. wherever you walk in a room, like you can play music and walk around the room and hear it the same way at the same, like, like things don't get boomy or, or crisp too crisp or whatever, you know, that often as yeah. you're walking around the room, sometimes like there's a little of that you can't avoid, you know, at certain places in a room because just because mathematically speaking, sure. they're going to happen, but it's just about making it less often. Right. You know, like if you move your head, you know, six inches to the left or right, and you're hearing a completely different sound, that is a bad room. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and less of the bad reverbs, right? Those right. reverbs are the things that like, it just makes things sound cavey, mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah. So, you know, Getting a good sound, I guess, is all about getting rid of the bad stuff, right? And what's right. like the, what's the first rule that you have run into when you were kind of putting together your rehearsal space? Like, what was the first thing you tried to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, the first thing that I really looked at, um, and and I did a lot when when I built out my rehearsal space. I mean, I did a lot of research first, and I was doing it on a budget, of course. Um, the first thing I did was was work with the corners, yeah. Yeah. That was the biggest thing. Yeah. You know, I just building pieces out, whatever, cloths, carpet. I did a lot of carpet at first. Like I, I actually, um, you know, if, if you are going to go through the carpet process, you can go to, um, I think I went to one of those uh, Habitat for Humanity recycle stores. Oh, yeah. Right, where contractors, yeah. and I got yeah. a huge, like brand new piece of carpet mm-hmm. that was just, not used in construction or whatever in the building of a house. Yeah. And I got it for like 30 bucks. Was this like pile, like regular, like pile carpet or yeah. was this like a industrial kind no, of No, no, it was like nice carpet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just huge, okay. uh, like uneven cuts or whatever, but a ton of it. Yeah. You know, so you, you can find deals like that and it's not the best, but it, but it was a lot better than some of the concrete that was exposed. Yeah. Or I had like some areas under these wooden steps, so yep. I kind of just cover that with it just mm-hmm. to break off. I'm just trying, you know, the the first thing was really just going to the major like sore spots. Yeah, like here's the th- like they're the. It's almost like the first forty or fifty percent of the job is the easiest. Like it's going to cost you the yep. least, and it takes the least work. That's right. And the more like. Okay, now the next twenty five percent is going to be ten times harder. And yeah. Then as you go, it like, you know, it gets harder and harder to get to squeeze even better sound out of a room. Yep. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Carpeting floors, right? Yeah. Like if they're yeah. hard floors. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know that's a funny thing. So um, I this is something that I learned you know about um about acoustics mm-hmm. and psychoacoustics is that um, you will find a lot of professional studios that actually have flat right. floors. Like they've got tile, like, uh, or, you know, wood or yep. usually wood or like a floating floor or something like that. But that's right. a lot of times they have flat floors. And what it turns out is that your brain 
and your ears are built that so that you don't really hear a lot of bad echoes or rather you know the the echoes may happen off the floor but your ear and your brain yeah like as human beings it like compensates for that mm-hmm. i don't understand exactly why it's probably an evolutionary thing and it may be because you're it's probably an evolutionary thing mm-hmm. i say that because i feel like it's it's not very often that your predators come from beneath you right right, right. that's why like i don't know chud or you know right. tremors or whatever like yeah. those are scary because like nothing ever comes out of the ground and right. hits you you know what i mean <laughs> right like you're worried about like what's to your left and right what's behind you or mm-hmm. in front of you what's above you right. sometimes but never below you right right so that that's probably i mean i think that's a as good an it's yeah. probably as good a guess as any <laughs> <laughs> i'll take it but yeah, but like, that's actually a thing. Like a lot of studios oh, yeah. will just, you know, they don't really worry too much about the floor. They they may put some carpet down here or there, but yeah. it's not like a, you know, you don't have to do crazy things with the floor. Now, if you're building something that's like what they call an anechoic chamber, right? Which is a chamber that is designed to have literally no reverberation in it. Right. To test, like to do sonic testing of things. That's where... Yeah, then it gets really weird. Like they like everything in those places is is covered. And it's and that's odd. If you go in one of those places, yeah. it sounds unnatural. Like your voice disappears. It comes out of your mouth, but you can barely hear it back in your ears. It's like you've been muffled almost. Yeah. Probably feels like you're in an isolation tank too. Yeah. Like you lose orientation a little bit. It's weird. It is really, really weird. I've been in one of those places and it is it's crazy sounding. Yeah. Yeah, and this, I mean, even I think um, after going through this process and really like checking out different studios and yeah. getting used to different venues just over time, you become sensitive to it. Like yeah. I, I went yeah. into um, a new construction building today, like an industrial building, and um, it's super cool, but we go into a conference room and like it is crazy echoey in there. And it was the first thing that I said. Yeah. I was like, wow, the acoustics in here. I just said, wow, like, you know, whoa. Because to right. me, it hit me so hard. Right. Like, man, all I could think about is having a rig in this thing would be a mess, you yeah. know? Yeah. And people and, around are probably like, I don't hear it. Yeah. But, you know, once you really hear good rooms, you kind of get an idea of like, oh, you can hear everything bad yeah. suddenly. Yeah. Right. And and there's, like, we're talking about, you know, there. If there are, there's a whole like world of how to build out a real studio, right? Where they get into like the separation of walls and all that. Yep. I think from this perspective, we're just trying to figure out like an easy way to kind of condition your room. Do the comfortable things. Like, yeah, we're not talking about like, oh, you know, you need to, there are, oh my gosh, you'll find so many places on the internet where people will tell you, oh, you have to do this and spend all this money and you're going to have to tear out your drywall and use this, you know, you're going to have to buffer space and you mm-hmm. have to like have yeah, rubber, double walls. Yeah. Double walls. And, and in between the double walls and nothing rubber bumpers right. and like all sorts <laughs> okay. of crazy. Now those are, yeah. I'm not saying they're wrong. Like, yeah, if you're aiming for that result, but the thing is there are, it, it is way more often that you don't need that kind of result, mm-hmm. especially not for a rehearsal space. Right. Like you're not building, we're not talking about building a professional studio. It's more like you're just trying to make a room that's going to sound better for what you're doing. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that you, you talked about it, you know, a bunch of these things it was like, you know, the, the flat surface problem is a big problem. Yeah. You know, and how do you cut down on that? Yeah. Like having some, like you used some rugs and in, mm-hmm. in different places where, you know, you were detecting echoes that were, were coming back. Um, you know, putting a carpet down on a, on a wide flat floor is never a bad thing. But, you know, of course you also want to think about the ceiling above you. That is going to be just as big of a problem for right. more. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the thing that I usually think about mostly yeah. is walls and ceiling. Like those right. are the things to me that are like, they are going to end up being the worst. And here's the great thing. You probably have, and I mean you, the listening audience, you probably have things around you that you could use for this purpose. Mm-hmm. And that is bookcases. Bookcases filled with books are a phenomenal diffuser. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to insulate sound uh, you know, equally across the spectrum of frequencies. There are certain things that they're not going to help with. They're not going to help with boominess. Right. Um, but they will help with things like the simple echoes that just bounce around the room unbidden and caught. Mm. And especially like, especially the ones that cause these frequencies to be uneven in the room. Right. right. Yeah. Because what, what these books are going to do, cause the books are all going to be different sizes. They're going to stick out slightly differently here and there. Mm-hmm. And you want to aim for that, right? Well, you don't want is like, you know, row of books where every book's the same size. Like you get those fake encyclopedias. <laughs> yeah. 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 You want to, <laughs> you, you know, you kind of want to like your books will be, you know, a little stuck out here or there or whatnot. Don't, you know, don't be too worried about them being neat because the unevenness of the surface is going to, it actually is going to help diffuse the sound yeah. in the room. Um, so bookcases are great for this. Like we have some cool. here in the studio that, that I think do a, a fairly decent job of cutting down on some of the worst echo. Um, that's a big thing. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, um, sound foam. Right. People talk a lot about different ways to cut down an echo. I mean, one thing that does not work, egg crates. Egg crates. Don't work. Yeah. They're cheap. They are cheap. There's a reason for that. <laughs> they're great for carrying eggs. And they're yellow. <laughs> or gray. Sometimes they Sometimes have gray. ugly gray. Right? I like the yellow ones that haven't been used in a while. And then there's like more yellowing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, like right. they yellow a little bit more. Right. Or you have the, po- the, the ring, the, the ring, ring of like egg juice that's still in them. <laughs> that's the best. Super cool. <laughs> so attractive. But yeah, that, yeah. that stuff doesn't work. Um, you know, you're when you're talking about sound foam, like you're looking for real sound absorbent material. Mm -hmm. Now there are grades, different grades that you can get. And I guess the one thing I would tell people is the higher grade, the more absorption factor there is for that material. Generally, the more expensive it's going to be. I mean, the people Mm -hmm. who make this stuff, they know what they've got and they know they can charge for it. Yeah. But I think the one thing I would say is that if you place it well, you don't have to buy the most expensive kind. I would also say you don't want to buy the cheapest kind either because that stuff is generally like, it's like the kind of stuff that you see stuffed in like spare Amazon boxes yeah. or moving boxes. That stuff is so light right. and so full of air, it doesn't absorb anything. Like you're looking for a dense material. Yeah. The moving yeah. Uh, the moving blankets are good. Moving blankets, yeah. I just, I yeah. bought a bunch of them. They were uh, on sale at like a discount yeah. joint this weekend. Not that I need them. 
just in case if I build out another studio. You never know. I bought them for like $5 a piece, huge ones. And they're useful like if you do a recording, just you know, bring them over. You just fold up the blankets, bring them in a yep. in your car. So I instant like instant isolation. Yeah. I did end up um when I was going through the process, I was looking at all of the different like foam and 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 yeah. the absorption, right? Yeah. Because mostly yeah. what I was you're going to have different reasons why you're prepping your sound, right? If you're if you're going to be doing more recording, yeah. yeah. Or if it's just because you want your bass to sound nice, you want the rehearsals. Yeah. And part of mine was also to actually absorb some of the low end because yeah. I have neighbors. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like I'm trying to not have the police called on me because right. I'm practicing. Right. 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 So, um I did um they have those like you know, those panels that you can buy. Yes. Right. That are like, they are made for the low end, like catching the low end. Yeah. The ones that are like, they're kind of wedgy and you, you like wedge them up into the corner. Yep. Yeah. And they're like, like insulating material in a, yeah, it's almost in a wood in a cabinet cloth. almost. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, um, but then there's, then there are like do it yourself hacks. Right. Yeah. And so well, some what, of them are really good though. Yeah. So like I hacks. found, so the, the one that I found that, that really seem to work at the right price point is that if you go to any, you know, big box, um, you know, Home Depot or Lowe's, whatever, in the insulation section. Yeah. If you usually go like all the way to whatever, like the extreme right or the extreme left, there's a package yeah. that has a baby sleeping. Yeah. In the front of it. And it's, it's, uh, and there, I think there are two or three brands, but this one just seemed to be more accessible. And yeah. It's, a, uh, it's called Roxel. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the stuff. Right. That is the stuff. And it's basically and it's fire um resistant because it's just stone. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're not yep. adding something flammable. Right. And they come in and you can cut them. You can like saw like I use a bread knife to just saw them. They're like yeah. really firm. They're not like normal insulation. Right. You do want to use gloves when you use them because there is like some material that'll kind of like whatever get yeah. rough on your skin yeah you want to wear like a mask nice a breathing yeah. mask like yeah a, like you'd use for like spray painting or or uh dremeling stuff right like one of those paper masks exactly and gloves absolutely like you want to be covered yeah when you're using this stuff but it's not nearly as bad as like normal like that pink panther like insulation mm-hmm. or whatever. yeah and then you just take you know cheap wood Yep. You know, if you go to like Home Depot, they always have the 70% off bin. They yeah. have them. You just have to find it. Yeah. And then you just, I, I think I was doing these when I priced it out about 7 to $10 a piece. For a panel. How big was panel. that panel? It was, uh, I want to say 18 inches by 48 inches. Oh, that's amazing. And, and so then, you can buy those. You could buy professionally made ones. Sure. Well, like a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars right. online. That was it. Yeah. And you paid seven to ten dollars and put in some elbow grease. Yep. Yeah. And those panels are are great. Like you can make them all sorts of different ways. Like you can make them wedge shaped to go in a corner. And yep. when you do that, you're gonna cut the boominess right. of the room down by like by scads. You can make flat panels that are like yep. eh, maybe two, three inches thick. Right. And or four inches thick. And you can hang those on the wall. Yeah, every bit is effective, if not more so than bookcases. You can and hang you can them ang- on the ceiling. Yeah, and however you like, if like the ones I have on my ceiling because I have the exposed joints. Yeah, right. I have like I've got issues all over the place, yeah. but I just angle it a yes. little bit. Yeah, you know, yeah. at whatever, like a fifteen degree angle or yeah. something, just to start breaking it up. And yeah, 
Well, people sometimes forget, like, you know, the angle between the wall and the ceiling, right? The joint between right. the angle and the between the wall and the ceiling, that is a place that catches base just like yep. in the corners of the room. Yeah. That's a corner also. It's just a corner above your head. That's so right. So you can treat that the same way. Yeah. It'll sound great when you do. Yeah. So yeah, those are oh my gosh, that's like gold, Hex. man. It's gold. So yeah, all those things work. And even, you know, even just, you know, like you said, some heavy blankets that you can hang up around the room. Mm -hmm. Even those will help because they're irregular. The key is that whatever you're hanging up or whatever you're doing, think about what it would sound like on the other side of it, right? If the yeah. blanket's heavy enough that you would have a problem hearing through it distinctly mm -hmm. on the other side, it's going to be a great material. Right. Right. To put up. And the less the less effective it is like that, then the less effective it's going to be overall. Yep. Right. So you know, there are also some placement things that we could talk about. Like, I think one of them, and you and I have said this before, is like putting the drummer in the corner is like, mm -hmm. it is it is the worst idea. Like putting the drummer in the corner of the room, you're like putting them in the, you know, in the worst, the boomiest place. The mm -hmm. reverb is hitting them from all sides. It's going to be louder there than any other part of the room yep. because they're being assaulted by yep. Not just the playing, but like the first reverberation is coming right off the wall and hitting them again in the ear. Yep. So it's now maybe there are drummers mm -hmm. out there that dig that, but it it's not good for their it's not good for their hearing, but it's it's also not good for the them being able to interpret how do I sound. Yeah. Right. They're gonna hear their sound weirdly as well. Yeah. And and you'll wanna like get, you know, everyone has a I guess an opinion or a taste as to how they want the room to sound, right? Yeah, whether yeah. it's for practice or whether it's for recording or demo yeah. recording. Um, one of the cool things is that, you know, some, I think some of the, like the really like hip, you know, kind of internet recording bands that are out there right now, they're, they're just working in dead spaces. They're yeah. finding recording, you know, and it can be in someone's basement. It's not flashy. And they're just deadening the crap out of it. They're just they're using the know-how mm -hmm. and, and cheap hacks basically yep. to make the room be good enough. That's right. Right. Yeah. And they're doing a lot of, you know, there's close miking going there's on. There's close miking going. But, right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it really is. It's not a it's not difficult. I mean, you know, you and I, you know, we meet we've made recordings mm -hmm. here in, you know, in the studio. And, you know, this is not a place that, you know, we we sunk a lot of money into. It was, you know, it's basically it's a lot of of hacks and just mm -hmm. a little bit of know-how and a little bit of thinking ahead. Yep. And you can end up with, you know, what I think is a pretty, you know, pretty decent, yeah. pretty decent sound. I think, you know, I guess maybe getting back to the basis just to give them a little bit of shout, because of course, most of this has been pretty generic. It's been general about the rooms and whatnot. And it works no matter what you're doing, you know, rehearsing mm -hmm. bass, guitar, full band, whatever it is, recording, who knows. But, you know, on the bass side, you know, you're trying to, like, avoid that big, mushy, right, boomy, indistinct sound. I would say keep your bass amp away from the wall or the corner. Yep. If you do end up backing it into a wall or a corner, compensate for that. Yep. And, you know, just roll off, get the, especially the That's low right. lows, just take them out. And even yeah. the, if you have, like, a, if you have, like, a four-band EQ, even the, even the low mids, yeah. you may want to roll out a little bit. And if it's, a, and if you're, if you're in, assuming you're not in a huge 
you know, studio that's where we're just assuming that you're like, you're in your house somewhere, yeah, right? Yeah. Like either basement or your whatever you're living, whatever the, whatever that space is, it's not going to be huge. Yeah. Um, so you probably have a smaller rig that you're using, right? Like it's not right. going to be a stack. Right. Um, it's not going to be the, you know, the, the eight tens. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's the key, right? So it like, should be smaller. And then if it's smaller, right, the problem is, yeah. is they're always on the floor. Yes. And then even out of a smaller one, you're going to get like this boominess. So lift it up, like make it yep. more of a monitoring situation. Yes. Is what you're really looking for. That's nice that's and midi and like brilliant. that everyone can, that it's at ear level for everybody. Cause you're all closer together, you know? And yep. if you could dial it in, it's, it's gr like, that's, I feel like so many times when I'm on stage playing live, I'm, I would love to always have my rehearsal space sound. Yeah. Like that's what I would love. Yeah. Cause every, cause we dial it into a yeah. place where it's like so easy to hear, not too loud, you know? Yeah. Nice and controlled. Yeah. And, and you know it now, you know what you're, you know, you know what you're looking for. Right. In sound. And I think, you know, if you start treating your room in different ways like this, you're going to find again, the, the first little bit that you do is going to start making a big difference. Mm -hmm. And as you go, you can kind of get more and more into it, depending on how much time and effort and, and dollars you want to, you want to put into yeah. it. But there are always kind of cures for the dollars. Like you said, there are hacks that you can get by with and there are things that you can do. Yeah. If you're willing to put in more effort, it may cost you less. Like it's a balance. Yeah. 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 So yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, I think all of these things are, are useful. Um, you know, the, the, the key here is that, you know, you want your rehearsal space to be a place that you like mm -hmm. to go. You like to have people there. It sounds good. Yep. You feel better about what you're doing. Yeah. And that's going to reflect in more practice time. You're yeah. gonna, it's going to spin out into being happier that you're there and it's a positive experience. So yeah. you do it more often. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the, and that just reminded me, like one of the things that I have in my space intentionally is that there's a little hangout space, right? Yeah. With an old tweed 1970s couch. I love that. That you just sink right into. And then two like, you know, hip, but also cloth, like, uh, you know, mid-century chairs. Yep. And and then a shag rug, like under it all. Yep. It's a separate section and it's, two things. One is that it gives me a place that I can also hang out with the people that I'm playing music with right. or maybe take a break if I'm working on my own, like that I could just sit on the couch and just like, yeah. you know, let the brain cool off for a little bit. But like unintentionally, the whole second piece is that it does all this sound absorption on the other side of the room. It's, yep. it's a huge tweed couch. Exactly. Because you've broken up the room with something. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it doesn't have to look like, and in my mind, like everything in my life should look like a hospital, like, you know, <laughs> clean, <laughs> sterile or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but my studio is like actually probably the messiest place in my house oh, and it's mine okay. Is too. Mine is too. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really make any big deal about being tidy, you know, well, to an extent, but not a really great extent because when you have things that are kind of hanging around, yep. all of those things that are irregular and stuff, they're all breaking up the sound. They're working in, for you. In a, in a reasonable way. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, don't, you don't have to be a like super, you know, better homes and gardens, <laughs> right? Southern living. I don't know what the magazine is. Architectural digest. Yeah. Right? You don't have to be like the next, uh, 
you know, the next feature story in Architectural Digest. Right. You're looking for, you know, you're looking for that kind of like, you know, Lived funky, in. casual. Yeah. 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 Because that'll help you break up the, break that's up the right. sound. Yeah. Well, that's a great place to finish up for today. I hope that uh, you and the listening audience have enjoyed what we covered here today and that you get some ideas for making your own rehearsal space more pleasant and more pleasant sounding. It is something that uh, you are able to do. We, are, we have faith in you. We have confidence in you. You can do it. You can do it. And if, uh, if you want to drop us a line and let us know how things went in shaping up your own uh, rehearsal or practice space, you can drop us a line at podcast at practicalbase.com or you can go to our website, practicalbase.com on the web and use the contact form there. Dave and I love receiving listener mail. If you have ideas that you'd like us to explore, feedback about the show, just about anything that uh, anything that, 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 that crumbles your cookie, we would love to hear from you. You can also find us on the socials, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, even Instagram. We encourage you to send us pictures of playing. Send us pictures of your space. Send us pictures of you eating hot dogs in your space. Whatever it might be, we're we're there for you. Um, we also hope that you will share this with fellow musicians. Most importantly, that you and your friends will subscribe. And it's very easy to do. You can find the subscribe link on practicalbase.com. We'll tell you how. But whether you have podcasts app on your iPhone or iTunes on your Mac device, Google Play Music or Google Podcasts or Stitcher Radio or just about any podcatching app that there is, you can search for Practical Bass and when the link comes up, you can subscribe. And that gets you a fresh episode delivered straight to your device every week without fail, absolutely free because that's what we are all about, dropping the free knowledge. So until next time, when we drop some more free knowledge, I'm Paul Friels. I'm Dave Guzman. This has been Practical Base. Thanks for listening. It'll be so much fun. It'll be cool. You will never know. You're going to get home and be like, I had a party. And they're like, wait a minute. I did work. It was like the same thing. All wrapped up into one. There was beer and everything. <laughs>